0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back listeners and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. We're your hosts David and Travis Ware and we will be bringing you the latest information regarding the UCLA Men's Basketball Team. On today's episode... We will briefly discuss the Bruins' loss to Cal State Fullerton, as well as their last two games up in Washington, their huge win against the Huskies, and then their heartbreaking loss against the Cougars. For all you listeners who are looking to get a better night's sleep, today's episode is brought to you by 8Sleep, and here's my brother David to describe the product. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get the good night's sleep if it's too hot or too cold. It's 2020, and now you have the pod by 8Sleep. The pod is a high tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dramatic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm. Now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. All you have to do is go to 8sleep.com. Once again, that's 8sleep.com slash pro. Yep, I'm sold. All right, let's talk about the Bruins' start of their conference. They beat the Huskies, and then they really had a letdown against the Washington State Cougars. Uh, The Bruins limped into conference play after losing three in a row, starting with Notre Dame then North Carolina, and then a really bad home loss to the Titans. Uh, Mick Cronin responded with taking away the four letters on their jerseys and their shirts and all their apparel, not allowing the team to wear any UCLA products. Um, In my four years at UCLA, I never had that happen. Uh, We had stretches of bad play. Uh, I got to respect Mick Cronin for that decision because the Bruins really came out ready to play against the Washington Huskies. Yeah, I think they responded accordingly. Um, but to go back against the previous three opponents, um, you know, with the loss to Notre Dame and the North Carolina, I was really disappointed to see the performance against Fullerton because this is a team that is picked to finish towards the bottom in their conference a conference that has UCSB towards the top who we beat by you know pretty handedly at the beginning of season yeah and we were that's when we were playing with confidence um we had a little bit of swag to us and we felt like we were the better team I just felt losing to a team like Cal State Fullerton honestly I felt like we just weren't playing with confidence I felt like our we were Doubting ourselves because of the previous losses. I don't think um, that we were doubting ourselves to the previous loss. I think that it was more coming coming back against Notre Dame and then North Carolina. You really get up for those big-time those big games. You're playing in Notre Dame, hostile environment. These guys mentally probably checked out a little bit because they're playing Cal State Fullerton Titans at home. But you can't check out after losing. Yeah, but they're kids, and they're still young and... You know, their youth got the best of them, even though they're w- way more talented than Cal State Fullerton. Uh, in my opinion, they just kind of checked out. They thought it was going to be an easy win, and Cal State Fullerton took advantage, and UCLA, unfortunately, took a, took an L. Yeah, it was one of the more embarrassing losses that we've had in a while. But I think Coach Cronin definitely understood that, and he responded by taking away their, their jersey because— they clearly weren't playing like a UCLA basketball team needs to be playing. Yeah, this is Mick Cronin's first year at UCLA, and he wants to send a, miss- a, a message, uh, not only to the players that he has now, but for the players that are going to be coming in uh, in the future and who he's going to be coaching in the future, that it's unacceptable. There's to- a level of um, – there's a certain level that being a UCLA Bruin you have to live up to every time you stand step out on that court. And I think – uh, in that game, we really hadn't. But this wasn't the first time Cronin's done that too. He did that in Cincinnati. He took away uh, the uniforms of his players after that that brawl they had against uh, Xavier. So I think this is something that when he feels like he's a hard notes guy, he's yeah. A tough but when he, when his when his guys aren't living up to the image that he wants them to portray and, and the level of play that they're expected to play at night in and night out. He won't hesitate. It's to not crack so down much the level them. of play. I think it's just the consistent effort. Like mm-hmm. if UCLA would have just came out and played with a hundred percent effort against, against Fullerton, they would have won that game. Mm-hmm. But they were checked out mentally, physically. Um, but let's move on to the good, uh, the UCLA's win up in Seattle against the Washington Huskies, uh, the players absolutely responded. Uh, Cronin said, "You know, win, win or lost that game, he was uh, super pleased with the effort that the Bruins played with, and the guys came out, they performed. Give them all the credit." Uh, I was, I was particularly pleased because anytime you start conference but that's like a fresh start it's like a new it's a new season within a season yeah so to see them get off to that start to play with that level of aggression and being committed to the offense and defensive end it was really exciting to see they and that's a tough place to play I mean it's a smaller gym I would it's a say good crowd. It was pr- it's probably the second tough probably the second or the third toughest place to play in the conference behind McHale McHale uh, uh, which is University of Arizona, and I would say playing up in Colorado is pretty difficult. Yeah, that I'll, Oregon's Oregon's not easy either. But without a doubt, that's a that's a huge huge win for the Bruins there. Um, I, was, I just? I was I was the thing that stood out to me most that game wasn't necessarily the execution, but it was just the focus. You could see them rotating. You could see that they were precise in their movement. They were all sprinting back on defense. Yeah, Washington is a lot has a lot of talented players, and especially their big guy Stewart on the inside was getting some easy buckets. But they were just fi- they were making everything difficult for him, and they were trying to wear him down. He had a great night statistically, but at the end of the day, the Bruins came out. They executed down the stretch, went into halftime with the ten with a uh, a ten point lead. Um, you know gave that up at the beginning of the second, but made made plays down the stretch to come out with a w. Yeah, and I thought defensively we were pretty pretty locked in. in that first half, we only gave up twenty four points which against a team like Washington who's capable of putting up big numbers, they got they got some pretty big time players uh, highlight reel players guys that are that are capable of really filling up the hoop. we played really sound. I thought. Uh, Stewart their big guy down low who's averaging close to 20 points and 10 rebounds I thought we did a great job of really trying to keep it out of his hands making every single uh, touch that he had difficult swarming him with a lot of bodies yeah. and then getting uh, McDaniels in foul trouble early too who had four fouls in the in the first half that was a big bonus for another us. another outstanding freshman that they have up there in Washington and my, I think both of those guys will will probably be first-round picks this year. Mm-hmm. And against a bunch of, you know, Washington has a lot of great athletes on their team. A lot I thought, of length. Lot I, of- I thought we did a really good job of keeping them out of the paint. And, um, you know... We made U-Dub play to our pace, a team that likes to get up and down. We slowed them down. We brought them down to the way we wanted to play, more grinded out half court. Uh, we didn't let their athleticism and their transition offense really affect us too much. So I thought the Bruins really did a great job of executing their game plan early on. Yeah, uh, it, one thing that I do want to point out is Mick Cronin and Coach Hopkins up at UW. This isn't the first time that they played each other uh, Cincinnati and Syracuse Mm -hmm. respectively. They, you know, battled it out. So I think Cronin was accustomed and he knew how to, um, get his team ready to play a coach Hopkins coach team. And this is, uh, this is something that he highlighted in his post game, uh, conference where he, he told his guys like, listen, we're going to be playing against a lot of two, three, a lot of three, two zone. When you have your shots, shoot with confidence because there's going to be a lot of open looks against a zone defense. So that made me a little nervous because we're particularly we're not the best shooting team, but, yeah, but guys came out and filled it up. And Got to do a shout-out to Jake, obviously, who was the star of that game, making seven of the team's 10 three-pointers. Uh, 21 points, yeah. Like I think says- four of which coming in the second half, mm-hmm. game winner coming within the last minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jake definitely came to play. Uh, a kid that just shoots the ball with confidence every time it leaves his hand, he thinks it's going in. Yeah, and we needed that. a guy that stretched the so floor. He was just added another threat for us offensively. I thought Chris Smith had his best game of the year: seventeen points, twelve rebounds, and five five assists. Yeah, he was that all was, over the place. His activity was was excellent, mm-hmm. uh, disrupting defensively as well. Yeah, and then I think uh, you know Jaime also. Yeah, you know, Jaime only had five points. But six he, points, I believe, or six. But, but yeah, he, he but eleven rebounds, eleven rebounds. He also had three steals, three uh, three blocks. Eleven so rebounds, did... six of them offensive. Yeah, one of them that clutch uh tip where he kind of ended it up in the corner and threw it off the Washington Huskies player to retain possession of the ball, which ended up leading leading to a bucket within the last two minutes of the game. Um, that was huge. So those small little plays that don't necessarily show up on the on the box score, uh. But those are the plays that it takes to win, especially in a, in a hard conference, a tough conference this year. The and I 12. think it's very difficult to rebound out of a zone. And I th- thought we did a great job of crashing the glass. We had 22 offensive rebounds in that game. We ended up with 38 total rebounds. Um, and I thought that 22 offensive rebound really gave us... A lot of good extra possessions that we help that we capitalized Again, on. Again, the UCLA Bruins went on the glass by what eleven against a team who's long, athletic, big, strong. So, mm-hmm. and the, I think their athleticism. The one place where their athleticism gave us a lot of trouble was the, the fact that we ended up with twenty five fouls. Um They were in the bonus. So what? What? What does that point to exactly? We uh, we were having trouble defending them without with using without using our hands. You know, staying in front of them, not 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 fouling. I think they were in the bonus. Ooh, I believe early on. I think maybe ten or fifteen minutes to go in the game, they were already in the bonus. They're one of the worst. They They were in the double bonus with nine minutes left uh, in the second half. So that's. Uh, I thought we got away with one there. We're lucky there that we, um, you know we didn't turn it into a free throw shooting contest and let them get so many points off of free throws. But um, we needed kind of watch that and do better at that. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart shot twelve of fourteen from the line, so he got up there and he knocked them down. They did. They did shoot twenty three for thirty two. So luckily, missing missing nine free throws definitely helped the Bruins out. Mm-hmm. And I think. The matchup against Stewart was great for our big guys because coming up this week we're going to be facing another really dominant big in the Pac-12 that SC has. Um, we'll talk about potential that. Potential lottery pick. Yeah, potential lottery pick. We'll talk about that SC game on the next episode. But I thought that was a good uh, a good test for our guys to go against. And I thought that we, we did. I mean, he still got his numbers. He still played well. Uh, he had a slow first half, but... Um, you know, a big guy who's dominant, they obviously tried to feed him the ball a lot inside and we didn't really allow too many easy catches. He got most of his points from the free throw line because of that, because of the foul trouble that we got into. So, I mean, some things I saw though in the second half that worried me a little bit were, I think we were, you know, when we get up, we we have a tendency to almost get hesitant to take shots. Like we're we're afraid to make mistakes, um, and that led to a lot of shots and the last ten seconds of the shot clock. And I think a lot of those shots were, I mean, thank goodness, you know, Jake bailed us out of a lot, of, uh, quite a few well, of those possessions. It was a zone a zone will, like in the Bruins defense a zone will do that and yeah, I, but I did see a lot of possessions where they would just swing it around the perimeter yeah. they didn't get any flashes to the mm-hmm. you could see that they were trying to like they yeah. had a guy in the high post they just weren't throwing it to him and yeah. I think guys were just hesitant to get I just, I saw, turnovers I, yeah I, exactly we, were, we weren't we were being a, super aggressive getting the ball to the high post we were just content throwing it around the perimeter and then getting a couple last second three point shots but against a zone which the Bruins are going to face more if we I think we need to do a little bit better of attacking the high post and getting those yeah. dumped down to our bigs <laughs> yeah. and then just collapsing the defense and then kick, more and more kick yeah, out that's always threes. an Achilles heel for the for zone defenses if you could if you could get into the high post area and then spray out from there you could generally get good shots every whenever you want that that being said I thought that was the most complete game that we've played against a top team uh, yeah that's you, th- that's a hot that's that's the Bruins' premier win mm-hmm. of the season yeah. so far, uh, and it was nice coming at the the first game of conference. And I was hoping that it was going to carry over to a Bruins, the Bruins starting two and zero in conference. But unfortunately, um, I know you know we maybe, we dropped the ball. We got I don't know if we got a little too complacent. Yeah, we we, we or, could we could have been two and zero sitting sitting first in the pack. But instead we are one in one with the loss to the Cougars. Heartbreaking one at that, losing in overtime after giving up a three to tie it at the end of regulation. In a Dave, game where we were up eleven in the second half. Um, and we were up six with ten minutes left, and then with seven minutes left, we were down by one. So in a three and a three-minute span, we went from up six to down one. Um, I will say from experience, it is always hard though, coming from a win or just coming from playing in Seattle over to Pullman, having to play on a Sunday or Saturday, depending. Um, I thought we just got complacent because in the first half, we held them to 24 points, great defense, but we gave up 41 points in the second half. That's probably, I would say, one of our worst quarters of, our worst halves of the year to a Washington State team that we have no business giving up 41 points due in a half. Yeah, they don't have near the players or the athletes, uh, the playmakers that the Huskies had. No, we had I mean we had ten we had some careless turn we had ten turnovers in the first half, so that were just careless. Um, our our assist to turnover ratio, we had nine assists to sixteen turnovers. Again, watching this game I thought our sense of urgency on the defensive end, especially in the second half, was not there. We got backdoored more times than I could count for easy layups. They got into the paint at will, um, which translated to us getting 27 fouls. And, you know, Washington State capitalized because they were 23 for 32 from the free throw line. 23 free throws. Yeah, Mick Cronin... Listening to his post-game stuff, he was definitely not pleased with the Bruins' effort. Uh, bringing up multiple times that the team just simply has to be better, uh, questioning some of the players' conditioning and willingness to get back on defense, and just overall focus uh, from a you know from a youthful team, uh, they just need to be better. Uh, I have to agree with him. I just, I just thought watching that game, it was just so easy for the Cougars. I thought running their offense in the second half, they were just passing the ball wherever they wanted. They were cutting wherever they wanted. Um, and that's why we gave up 41 points in the second half. And we proceeded to give up 14 points in the, in the short overtime period. Uh, and that's not that's not winning basketball yeah, when and, you give a team momentum like that when, when you give any team momentum at home late in the game it's going to be tough to claw back especially when that game heads into overtime the only bright spot from that game was that chris smith is continuing to play at a high level and he's continuing to be aggressive and playing like the player that the that the bruins need him to be yeah that they expect him to be that he expects himself himself to be so hopefully he can continue to build off that and the team won't have any more of these mental lapses where they think that they can just skate by a team because we're not good enough to just go out there and show up and get a win. Clearly, um, we got to approach every game like we did against Washington, be picking up, pressuring the ball, making it hard for the teams to run their offense, um, and then just getting out running, crushing the offensive glass and doing what we do. We have to do the the gritty stuff in order to win games because I don't think we have the scoring and the playmakers to rely on just sheer ability alone. Yeah, I I hate to to point to one play, but unfortunately the last the last play for Washington State in regulation, Bruins up 3. Something we, we something that shouldn't have happened. We over we over help on penetration. When a two's not gonna beat you, mm-hmm. we allow them to get an open three. They knock it down to tie the game. Sixty five, sixty five, descended into OT. We did have a look at it. Chris Smith, unfortunately, doesn't get a shot off. Uh he coach Cronin gave him the ball on an island to go one on one and try to try to make a play, but uh, I don't know if he was scared or just hesitated or was looking for a pick and roll or what uh but he needs to get a shot off in that case just put something up on the glass allow your you know dominant rebounding you know front court to at least get a hand on and try to get an offensive rebound but i think just to go back to what you were talking about that last that last uh, second three by lb um that can't happen we're up three it was, a, it was not last well, they we had 20 seconds they're game, left on they're the their game tying three yeah. you can't give up a, you can't give up a three when you're up three with 20 seconds left the, you give up a layup a layup is not going to lose you the game and then you and then you get fouled you make your free throws and, and that's with a ball game but in no way can you help off of shooters uh, if a guy is driving to the lane when you're up three The Bruins are young they're going to play they're going to live they're going to learn <laughs> You know we have a tough opponent in USC coming up on Saturday, at home in Poly. Uh, going to be a lot of talent on the floor. USC potentially has a lottery pick in Big O, their center. It's going to be a great matchup for our bigs. Um, I do fully expect for us to win the battle on the glass again, though. We've won it every single game this year, and for a wi- for a rivalry game, I expect to see the same intensity and focus that we saw in the game against the Huskies up in Seattle. So again, if you're in town, go support the Bruins. 7 o'clock, Pauley Pavilion, Saturday night, hosting the USC Trojans' crosstown rival. We need everyone there to show your support and be loud. Be that sixth man that the UCLA Bruins need. I know I'll be there being loud and cheering. If anyone is there who uh, listens to the podcast, make sure you come up and... Say hey to me, tell me uh, what you like about the show, but it's a good night to be in L.A., good night to be in Westwood, uh, cheering on the Bruins against our crosstown rival. Go Bruins! Once again, this episode was brought to you by 8sleep. For the next week, get $200 off of your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500 only at 8sleep.com slash V-S-I-N. That is the promo. Once again, that's eightsleepcom sleepcom slash V-S-I-N. Beep boop, beep boop. I'm dialing right now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.